Peace, y'all, and welcome to Inventions and Dimensions. Again, I am your host, Chris Santos, a.k.a. DJ Flow. Before we get into the episode, I want to go ahead and shout out our sponsor, Topo Chico. Topo Chico supports the arts and music, and we appreciate them for being part of the vision and community of music lovers. I love Topo Chico. I drink it all the time, and surprisingly, when I bring it up, a lot of people are like, man, I love Topo Chico. Shout out to them. So for this episode, we got our first special guest, world-renowned DJ, deep record collector. We got my man DJ Platturn out of Oakland, California. So we were able to visit Platturn in his home. He invited us. He invited me to his home, and we got in some really good conversations. I apologize, but some of the some of the audio was not captured and i had to revert to my backup for some of the interview segments but we got into a lot of dope stuff about his background kind of how he grew up around records and just knowing that it was pretty inevitable that he would become who he would become and have kind of the knowledge that he has as a precursor with um, some of the stuff his family was involved with specifically his dad and his relationship with radio and playing music for some of his local communities. I've been around records my whole life. Yeah. So my uh, my pops was a DJ back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And you're you're from what country? From Iceland, Iceland. originally. Yeah. So we moved here when I was pretty young, and we moved his old record collection with us got too, it, which is pretty crazy. And you were you moved here to Oakland? To to the Bay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. We lived in. Uh, well, we kind of lived all over the Bay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Oakland kind of became the, the permanent home it, um, before uh, before we you know came up to Vallejo. Uh, but that was really the home base for a long time. So, um, but yeah, man. I mean, we uh, he he was on the radio and actually played out in like youth clubs and stuff like that um, back in the day. So the records were always around. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really allowed to mess with them or touch them, but we listened to them all the time. Um, and uh, and so records were just a part of life for the longest time. And I started dabbling and DJing a little bit in high school. Um, I think around 15, 16 is when I started messing around with some equipment. Uh, and then I got my own gear at 18, and then it was just over with. You know, since then it's basically just been kind of a non-stop journey trying to, you know, be a DJ, uh, be into this record thing, and produce music and, and travel and the whole nine. So, so it's been a minute. But dude, it's been a lifelong thing for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Before we jumped into his music selections, we actually got a cool little story about just I like to ask I like to ask other collectors just you know, we're always on the hunt for things and we always look for records in very unassuming places and that's kind of where you find most of your gems. I like to ask people interesting stories about how they've acquired records. He actually tells us a really cool story and has a cool perspective on kind of how he treats the process and makes you almost appreciate the records that much more knowing what what kind of story comes behind actually acquiring these records when when that gets brought up about like yeah i guess unassuming you know just like how is this even happening right now kind of situation (laughs) i remember okay so i lived in north oakland in temescal for a while um and this was way before what Temescal is now, you know, this was like when Oakland was still pretty grimy in that section mm-hmm. of it as well. 
Um, and I remember there was, I had a homie that lived in the same neighborhood that I used to go back and forth from all the time that we would, you know, dig, make beats, blah, blah, mm. blah. Um, and I remember it was a super rainy night one time and there's this very weird thing that's on Telegraph Avenue that's still, I don't know the story to it. Nobody that I know knows the story to it, but it's essentially like a small windmill that's actually on Telegraph mm. Avenue that's in between these two houses. Okay. And when I say windmill, like it's an actual windmill, like, but old school, mm -hmm. like, like 200 year old style windmill, you know, not like what we know today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got the tower and like actual like spinning things and whatnot. And it's very old and, and super decrepit. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember that particular night, super late at night, I was probably a little drunk. I just walked past it um, and it was raining and I couldn't see very well, but I just kind of peered to the right and for whatever reason, I just spotted this box that was on the side and it was being rained on, you uh -huh. know? Um, next to some garbage cans or whatever and I just walked over and it was full of records and and it wasn't super drenched because I think it had just started raining maybe yeah. like you know 10 minutes prior or something um, and I started going through it and I recognized a couple of things and I didn't recognize some other stuff and I was still like 10 blocks away from the crib and mm -hmm. I just picked it up and walked with it all the way home yeah dude I still have a good amount of those records to this day that were incredible. Like uh, one of my favorite ones is the John Clemmer blowing gold. Yeah, John. yeah. Yeah. That was in there. Oh, wow. Like stuff like that yeah. was in there, dude, in this box that was next to a windmill on a rainy night yeah. walking back from my homie's crib. Just like, what is going on yeah. here? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that just didn't make any sense at all. And like this thing, it's on this weird plot. Like it's kind of far away from a, the, uh, an apartment but it's like I don't know dude it was just really really odd that yeah. this thing would be there at this time and yeah so anyway but I just love the fact that I still have a good chunk of those records dude. yeah I love them dude there were some real serious heat mm -hmm. dudes I always use the analogy for for searching for records was that we are like we go out and we excavate and we basically find what, what it, it's basically like like we like we find the the homeless that need a home, mm -hmm. and you go out and 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 you know you you take them with you and you bring them home and you clean them up and take care of them and like give them what they need, mm -hmm. you know shelter, food being you know throwing it on the turntable or whatever. I know it's silly, but yeah. like, but it's this idea of like going out and rescuing things mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. bringing it back and taking care of them. I always love that like idea of just because so much of in exactly like that box that I told you mm -hmm. about one example out of thousands you know we all have stories like this but but just the fact that somebody didn't give a shit yeah you know? like yeah. they just threw it away and like tossed it and you know i picked it up brought it home and i still have those records and listen to them yeah you know 25 30 years later for sure but, yeah and you're able to share them right? yeah able to share them and I, yeah. yeah absolutely i adore it like yeah big time so for sure yeah so check out this interview with dj platturn Bay Area, California. Enjoy some of these amazing tracks that he picked out from um, his personal collection. Um, well, I'll just go through the the same kind of list um, and in that order. Um, so the Awakening Ahmad Jamal uh, trio, of course. I guess it's just kind of I don't know. I mean, this is. 
this is a huge favorite. It's a big kind of standard in the in the digging game. Um, this record was not in my life growing up at all. Like this was something I definitely got introduced mm -hmm. to through hip hop, as a lot of cats did. Um, but when you dive into this record, I mean, it's absolutely immaculate from yeah. beginning to end. Like For it's sure. a perfect piece of of music. So, I mean, he just passed, and so there's a lot of attention about you know surrounding him. Uh, again recently but yeah just I mean as far as like perfect records you know from beginning to end like you know this is very high up on the list so w which track would you uh, would um, well I mean dude there's so many of these joints dude but I Love Music is the one that's been used of course more than yeah. any of them you know I think there's like seven samples in yeah, there yeah. Um, and it's an amazing listen because mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe the intro actually is a sample as well and then there's a lot of space in between all the, the, the samples mm -hmm. um, but it's just really fun to listen to because you know you're just going from track to track and and it's it's a it's a you know this appreciation and kind of a reverence for the fact that that you know these producers that we all love and appreciate you know had these ears when listening and like mm -hmm. you know pick that spot that's always kind of interesting you know to i don't know that's that's a fun part of of you know still being into the samples and everything For sure. so. so the awakening ahmad jamal i love music i love music yeah. is a track yeah Thank you. 
so I love Weather Report a lot. Um, huge fan, and I have probably their whole discography. Um, but this one in particular, I just think is is really special. This was actually in my house growing up. Mysterious Traveler is the LP. Um, and I mean, the list of cats that are on here is just nuts, you know. I mean, obviously it's the crew, but you know, this is like when they were in their absolute elite form. For sure. And uh, I would say, I mean, American Tango is the one I believe that Diamond D used. Okay. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite Diamond uh, sample. And so, yeah, Mysterious Traveler, huge, huge fan of this record. This was one of the ones that was in the box that Ooh, I was just telling you about. Nice. So um, this has uh, a large pro, uh, an extra P uh, sample on it. Vamos a rapillar, I think, is the is the joint. Okay. Excuse my uh, gringo uh, <laughs> approach to that pronunciation there. Um, but yeah, uh, three sounds, soul symphony, 
I love this cover. I think it's fantastic. Um, this LP is great from front to back. Absolute all-time Blue Note favorite here. Um, and I believe the name of the song that Extra P used on here is the first one. I think it's Repeat After Me is the is the name of the record. Um, but this whole thing is really great. So I'm not picking all of these just for their uh, for their sample-worthy stuff, but this is just an all-time top-notch like Blue sure. Note sample. So Three Sounds. Three Sounds. Soul, Soul Symphony. Symphony. Yeah.
Um, so Lonnie Liston Smith, another, I mean, you know, I'm picking my favorite. So obviously sure, yeah. these guys are high on the list and whatnot. So, um, this holds a pretty special, uh, place in my, um, just history of, of digging, but yeah, huge, huge fan of, um, of this cat. And this is a very, it's a very, it's like the perfect combination of kind of like groovy and, and spacey spiritual jazz, you know? I don't get too, too much into the really out there stuff because um, I don't really know how to break it down For and sure. dissect yeah. it. Like I know cats, I've, you know, I have plenty of, of friends and, and, and dudes that really know how to dissect that stuff and, and talk about it properly, but I can't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I'm always just looking for the baseline anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Davika Goddess is an is a, uh, absolute favorite. That's an unbelievable song unbelievable song just beautiful front to end so just hits you right in the in the soul there so, so. this album is Lonnie Liston Smith and the Cosmic, Cosmic Echoes. Echoes yeah Visions, Visions of a New World so um, so there's Dr. Lonnie Smith um, who is not Lonnie Liston Smith yeah that always um, confused me yeah exactly <laughs> um, and uh, and then Lonnie Liston Smith did solo stuff and then he did stuff with the Cosmic Echoes got it so, got it yeah, yeah his uh I mean, pretty much his catalog. I grab anything that he does. Anything, yeah. absolutely, yeah. without a doubt. Even you you got to listen stuff, to it, absolutely, right? <laughs> for sure. A lot of these cats, you know, the, the, the jazz dudes, the disco stuff that they dove into was yeah. really, really yeah. interesting. For you sure. know, um, Like Idris and everything, you know, he did really, really great, like, you know, funky, yeah. soulful jazz disco stuff. And Herbie, of course, too. So. For sure. Thank you. 
Jimmy McGriff, Jesus, another one. I probably have like at least 10 albums of his. Um, and I love them all. Like they're all fantastic because he was around, I think he cut his first record in like the early 60s and, yeah. you know, was around until the 80s too. That's so, crazy, yeah. Yeah. Funky. Yeah, super yeah, funky. Yeah. And this is obviously very high on the list. So Electric Funk by Jimmy McGriff. Um, another Blue Note joint that is just pretty much flawless from front to back. Um, I love these gatefolds too. He was such a cool motherfucker, man. God. So which joint are you playing off of this one? Uh, there's a lot on here, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Miss Poopy is the one though, dude. Okay. Yeah, okay. Miss Poopy. Fantastic name. But Spear for Moondog is also a really great joint. But I mean, honestly, like, yeah, this, this joint bangs, dude, from beginning to end. So.
right. So Ramsey, um, another great that passed away, uh, top three piano jazz pianist of all time. Ramsey, uh, there were a handful of Ramsey records that I grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. This was not one of them. Um, Mother Nature's Son. Actually, I didn't really get hip to this for any other reason except I was just intrigued by the Beatles uh, affiliation yeah, with it, right? Yeah. So this is all covers of, of uh, songs from the White Album. Charles Stepney, of course, you know, anything that Ramsey did during this era was pretty much immaculate. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this record in particular is just bonkers. There's you, like synths introduced to this one. Right yeah, now. there's like yeah, interesting yeah. synth work on here for sure. Um, the, I mean, just the drumming alone on this whole record and during this era is just nuts. Um, there's some really bonkers b-boy stuff on here. I've used a lot of stuff on, on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still this is one of those records that I just buy every single time yeah, I see yeah, it dude exactly. like you just have to because I love giving it to people too yeah. so I'm assuming you have plenty of copies I, I, I found one recently that I was going to grab for like three bucks yeah. but then I looked at the, the the disc and it was just super beat yeah like literally like deep scratches so I yeah. was like oh, it's not even worth grabbing yeah but yeah Great album. I might have an extra of these. Ramsey Lewis, Mother's Nature, Son. Which track would you play? Uh, Julia is probably, yeah, Julia's. Oh, my God. But Back in the USSR is the one that, like, used to run that at B-Boy Jams all the time back in the day. Put that on a couple of uh, mixes and everything, too. We put that on the um, the Break Builders joint. Yeah, that's just, like, uh, you know, the Beatles have been covered thousands of times. And by jazz artists. A lot, yeah, yeah, a huge favorite because the melodies are just so on yeah, point, yeah. you know. And they could just follow that line, exactly. Kind of build off of exactly. it, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, but just the way that they just did it on this record is nuts. So I would say Julia, Ramsey Lewis, Mother Nature's Son is the, is the song.
All right, so the next one, Calvin Keys, proceed without caution. Proceed with caution, sorry. That's a nice little faux pas. Um, but this is a Black Jazz record. Black Jazz, of course, being an Oakland label. Um, absolutely legendary stuff on the... on. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, just regarded as one of the, the labels that p basically everything that they ever released is, is something sure. phenomenal. Um, and, you know, really, really sought after stuff and super expensive. I found this for free. Um, I found this at a spot um, that is known for its trading posts, so to speak. I'll just be vague like that. Okay. Uh, um, but I'm not going to say any more than yeah. that. But it's an East Bay location. Um, and I actually found a handful of black jazz joints there one day for zero dollars. Wow. Um, and this record is is unbelievable. It's just a fantastic combination of, of kind of like free jazz stuff and and really like funky 70s joints. So Calvin Key's absolutely What's the song you picked? Uh, another one that it's just great from front to, but I think it's Night Cry. Yeah, Night Cry. It's either Nightcry or, wow, how would you even see this? Effulgence? Efflu Effulgence. Yeah. I think it's Nightcry. I'm pretty, okay. I'm pretty positive it's Nightcry. So Calvin Keys, proceed with caution. Thank you. 
Next one, Bobby Hutcherson, Montara. Um, so little known fact um, about Bobby, because he's been used a lot in this record is just incredible. The the title track is is what does it. That's the one that um, has been sampled quite a bit and uh, has been covered quite a bit. I know The Roots did a version of Montara for like a Blue Note project back in the day that I also loved a lot. So Montara is a beach down the coast here, yep. um, just south of, of uh, where like is it? Past Pacifica, right? So yeah, it's past Pacifica, yeah. like right next Half to, yeah, Half yeah, Moon yeah. Bay, um, right next to Pescadero, I think. Yeah. Um, Pescadero had a digging spot back in the day, by the way, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, this record is really, really beautiful and special. Bobby lived in the Bay for a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah, he he um, he lived in Montara, like he had yeah, a house yeah. on the coast, um, and he would go and he would play in the city actually quite a bit when he was still able. Um, he passed a little while back, but um, but Bobby again. I mean, Blue Note, of course, is just like I don't know, man. You know, if you had to pick. Right? If you yeah. just had to pick the label that yeah. just kind of yeah. killed it more than anybody over the years, man. I mean, Blue Note is obviously top three, but for a lot of us, it's just, it's number one. It's just that sound. Um, yeah, man, their ear was just crazy. It was just And the nuts. way that they recorded, yeah. it was just like, like, it wasn't too clean. It wasn't like CTI. But it's crazy because some of the engineers even crossed over, right? Uh, what's his name? Uh What's the guy's name? Who, Rudy Gelder? Yeah. Yeah. He recorded for all the labels. But for whatever reason, Blue Note just had this different sound. Yeah. No, no. It, they, they, they were definitely, they were definitely, you know, one of a kind. Yeah. They, they did have a, a, a specific kind of like, I don't know, whatever, oral ethos and, you yeah. know, just, just this kind of thing that that they strive for. And I, th I think you're right. Like none of it was too glossy. It wasn't too shiny. Right. Um, but there was just, I don't know, man, there was just so much groove. There was yeah. so much groove in these records, you know, especially just uh, the best of the best, you know, a lot of these favorites that we just love, you know, they were just funky. dude.
So next one, uh, again, of course, Miles is you know king, and and I have a lot of his stuff, um, ton of Miles records in the house growing up. But uh, if I had to pick one that I guess kind of got me like really connected to him as an artist and that I listened to more than anything, I actually had this cassette growing up and listened to a lot of it. But Sketches of Spain um, is just an absolutely beautiful record in, in my eyes. Um, and it's not really like, you know, it's it's what it is. It actually, you know, this is one of those records that like the cover and the name of it is obviously perfect. Like yeah, he's yeah. kind of approaching, um, you know, traditional like Spain Spanish music, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but Will of the Wisp, of course, is gorgeous. Um, there's a lot of stuff on this record, man. But yeah, I sat with this joint a lot. Like this was in my Walkman riding Bart as a youngster. You know what I mean? Like I'm listening to fucking sketches of Spain, dude, of all things, along with a bunch of hip hop stuff. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, this was just something that really kind of put my my mind at ease quite a bit. All right, next one. Uh, Roy Ayers, Ubiquity, he's coming. Um, again, a lot of, I mean, impeccable record from beginning to end. Um, we Live in Brooklyn, of course, is the one that everybody knows and has been sampled and used and covered and 
and the whole nine. Um, but there's just a lot of, of fantastic joints on here. Um, the cover of He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother is a, a really, really special one on this joint too. So, But this was another one I was telling you, man, I found this in the wild for very cheap and shockingly so. Have. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this whole era, this run for Roy yeah, um, yeah. Was, was just impeccable, Crazy. you know? Yeah, it yeah. was just nuts, dude. So the 10-year span, dude, where everything was just perfect. Yeah. So. So Donald Bird, um, a new perspective, band and voices, um, another blue note. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this 
this is something that came pretty late in life mm-hmm. um there's not really like a ton of you know sample based stuff on here but whatever not everything that i'm choosing is is like that um but this is this is definitely one of those records that the first time you hear it you do have a bit of an awakening for sure because mm-hmm. it's it 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 brings you into this world of jazz that you in an, uh, i guess the possibility of you not being really hip to it just like really really beautiful kind of ethereal vocal jazz yeah it's um, almost like church it is, it, it is very it exactly. is exactly and i mean crystal redentory is an actual hymn so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so there is a lot of you know gospel elements to this record um and that is a reason why you will respond to it you know so if you don't know it um it's a pretty popular record now um but it wasn't for a long time but it's just an absolute dude it's so beautiful it's just such a beautiful record man you know it's really uplifting um really just kind of gets you you know hairs on the back of your neck kind of shit so i listen to this joint all the time i mean even they they kind of hit with their titles too and the the art it's just the whole package like blue note is just like it's a flawless just like you just look at these covers man you look at the font you look at the layout you look how cool all these cats look you know all of this and everything too you know how much of this stuff has just been bitten over time and then the cars on the cover it's like come on man
All right, next one, George Benson, Shape of Things to Come. Uh, showed the two different covers here. I got the, the mono promo, which is a really, really nice listen, actually more than the, the reissues after. Can you, can you clear that up for me and maybe the listeners, What's like that? mono versus stereo, which yeah. one do you want? Um, As a jazz person, because I know that people like put emphasis on, oh, this is the mono press. Yeah, I don't think it really has any kind of role except for you know when you listen to mono you're you're listening uh to a closer version of what the experience was like in the studio because you're getting the range right so if it's in mono you're going to hear certain things in one speaker and, and certain things in the other and then some of it is going to bleed together right? yeah, yeah so stereo you're hearing the same exact thing in, mm -hmm. in both speakers um it's really just kind of like i don't know it's like a nerds aficionado yeah. <laughs> kind of thing you know what i mean okay. it, i don't care about it yeah, in that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, way yeah the the mono records that i really uh lean towards and, and dig and care about um have a lot more to do with uh um, like being able to pan stuff. So like yeah, as a producer, yeah. like that's a very, very nice, you know, aspect. Like For sometimes sure. you can kill whole instruments yeah, yeah, by yeah. doing that, you know. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about Serato stems here, dude. Like, you know, like you can actually get in there and you can pull the bass and the drums out of, yeah, you know, yeah. certain mono recordings. And that's awesome. Got it. Um, on some producer shit. Um, yeah, that always kind of... Uh, sorry to throw that out. No, no, no. I mean, it doesn't really... I It really just has to do with... I don't. I don't think it matters at all. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, personally, I don't really give a shit. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, doesn't yeah. phase me one way or another. Yeah. Um, but it's more like a collector kind of thing. It, it is, yeah. and I just like that this is, you know, there's just the the promo uh, mono, no, whatever. You know, it's yeah. like the the ultimate, you know, nerdy version yeah, of yeah. the record. <laughs> but yeah, this record, man, I I love this record a lot. Um, this other copy over here that has the two joints inside of it is I got Diamond D to sample it because he. He uh, he took foot in it off of here. That's probably the most famous sample to be. To sign it, you mean? Yeah, to yeah, sign it. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the first times I met him, uh -huh. if not the first time that I met him. And I was telling you earlier about yeah. the whole like you know instead of handing him their records, you know, you yeah, hand him yeah, something yeah. that they sampled, and uh, yeah, he got he got a kick out of it. You know, he he understood he understood the assignment. <laughs> so just like I did, I guess. What's the track? There's a lot of stuff on here, man. God. I listen to this record a lot. Like mm -hmm. this ends up on my turntable on a very consistent basis, um, just as I listen all the way through. Oddly enough, like there's a track on here that's uh, uh, pretty much entirely harmonica. Oh wow! Um, but it's this really, really gorgeous piece um, that I, I believe it's like just strings and harmonica, okay. and it's Last Train to Clarksville. Um, and it's not the one that you would probably pick off of a record like this because there's a bunch of joints on here that yeah. have been used a lot and they're very funky, very groovy. Um, no, I love that. So we're gonna that's the one we're gonna play. Yeah, last train to Clarksville. It's it's kind of an odd odd piece on here because that's what it is, you know. For sure. But it's beautiful. Like yeah, it's a, it's a really really dope track. Thank you. 
All right, next one. Idris, Idris, however you say it, you know, lots of intonations of this dude's name and legacy over the years. But Power of Soul, of course, I guess this is like, you know, CTI, Kudu, all of this stuff that was happening during that time. This is like a peak piece of work here Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, Was that like a sub? Kudu? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know if it was like a... I mean, Creed Taylor, it's the same, it's the same, yeah, yeah, you know, the same it's the same thing. entity. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't the know Kudu the history. ones ended up being more funky and like there was something about that little sub brand. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it definitely had its own sound yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. it didn't really sound like a lot of the CTI for stuff. Sure. C- CTI was, you know, CTI in a lot of ways was the smooth jazz of yes. its day. Like yeah, it, yeah. it was, you know, there was a lot of aspects. The really heavy, you know, deeper stuff was was great. Yeah, you would find the moments, right? Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Kudu, yeah, just, you know, it, it was a little more raw, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't really know the story of how it came to be or yeah. why they decided to do it or, you know, why certain artists made it onto that instead of, you know, whatever. But, but I mean, you just look at this, dude, you know, Grover, Bob James, Ralph McDonald, Joe Beck, like all of these guys, like this is, you know, just an unreal lineup right here and produced by bob james and i mean you know i'm there there's no shying away from the fact that uh like lauren's dance uh, is just an unbelievable piece of music unbelievable piece of music it's just the joint yeah and you know there's no like this is not one of those where you're like oh you know i know everybody loves that one but you know this one's my jam no fucking lauren's dance is an unbelievable piece of work dude um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's just it's just an impeccable piece of music, man.
Another Blue Note. Another Donald, too, man. I mean, Places and Spaces, this record has been pilfered. Yeah. There's probably... What year is that? Uh, 75. Nice. Yeah. Places. And this is, you know, this is obviously Mazel yep. Brothers at their finest right here. Um, I don't even know what to say about this joint, to be honest, man. I mean, there's nothing left to take off of this. It's an absolute, absolute jazz funk masterpiece. Yep. Um, one of them ones. And this is just, this is a record, this is like one of those jazz records that you know is just going to kind of live forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is never going to get old. Every re- every song on here is perfect. Yeah, it's like one of those two, like, if someone wants to get into records and they're looking into buying a jazz record. This is a very, very good yeah. introduction. Yep. Correct. For sure. That is very true. I mean, Mazel Brothers are just like, yeah. those guys were just unbelievable, man. That run is just... I mean, every every record. Every record. Every record. record. There was something just so special about what those guys. So they're producers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Producers Producers and arrangers, you know. Producer Um, Mazel Brothers. Mazel Brothers. M I Z E L L. You can literally look up anything by those guys, man, and just get hip, and it's it's really impeccable work. From jazz to soul. They even did that LTD record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these, these dudes were super prolific, man, so. Yeah, so I had to pick two Donalds. Actually, I mean the Donalds, you know, the the one prior, the Christo joint is is you know that's that's on a different plane. I mean Donald, you know, he cut records yeah. for a long time. Which did he? Tra- which record you tra- track you? If I had to pick off of this, oof, Night Whistler, probably. Night Whistler. Yeah, that's a little bit. It's, dude, you can't say deeper. This is just a record that you know everybody should have and listen to, but. You know, there are these like really, really big popular samples that are on this joint. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Moon. Ah, oh, dude, yeah, I've yeah. Seen so many fucking. Oh my god, dude. So good. Yeah, there's there's probably almost every track on here has been sampled. Probably every riff that is notable has been sampled, mm-hmm. and then it's been sampled like a hundred times over yeah. on top of that. So it's been used a lot, but rightfully so because it's a perfect, perfect joint. So Night Whistler is my champ. Last one, uh, Cannonball Adderley, um, another favorite. There was a handful of Cannonball records in the house growing up, um, and I was always a massive, massive fan of this dude and Nat and all the things that they did. Um, this was that era where they just got a little bit deeper. 
um, and did some really, you know, spiritual stuff, but always the groove was intact. Um, you know, they worked with Axelrod and, uh, and we're just, I don't know, man, there was something extra about Cannonball that was just like, cause he was, he was, he had this incredible voice right on top of his talent mm -hmm. as a musician, but he had this incredible voice and there was always like, you know, messaging and talking on the records that were just, that brought you into this kind of like book story yeah, type of yeah. thing. That's um, true. That's and they true. were just always really, really amazing to listen to because it was like, you know, listening to it or reading a book or whatever. But but there's a handful of tracks on this record that, that you know, he's done, like he was so prolific and did a lot of stuff over time. Mm -hmm. And so a lot he had different versions of his songs that would show up on, yeah, on yeah, records exactly. over time. Um, but the version of Capricorn on here is just something it seemed like they always man. always go into this little groove that they just hold for a little bit yeah and it's always behind like yeah talking or something but they're just always able to get into this pocket on every record yeah no there was they, they were just they were storytellers yeah you know? like yeah, that's exactly. he, he's one of those guys man you know yeah. but yeah absolutely dude capricorn that's that's the one gotta end it on my man cannonball there so cool well thank you man these picks were crazy i'm hoping that um everyone learns something i guess lastly just kind of what you're up to where we could find what you want people to kind of listen to where, um, where they could find you things like that yeah well i mean I'm, i guess i'm most active on ig these okay. days even though that's just kind of you know sparse and whatnot um but instagram under plattern plattern like saturn p-l-a-t-u-r-n uh you can find me on there um as of late, I have been concentrating on wrapping up my uh, first kind of actual legit full-fledged solo album. Nice. So I've just been diving, you know, deep into that in the studio. I'm pretty Sick. much wrapped up the tracks, um, handful of, of guests that are on the record that I can't really talk about just yet. Um, but I am in the process of kind of mixing and finalizing the songs um, and they're getting sent to mastering. That'll be coming out on Needle to the Groove probably later this year. Awesome. Um, so I'm excited about that. That's been my main MO, but then there's a lot of stuff that I'm working on in the background right now that is about to pop. Nice. So I can tell you all this. Um, I don't know when this is going to air. Some of the stuff will probably come out in the next couple of weeks, yeah. um, but there is some exciting stuff that's happening. Um, so definitely, you know, stay tuned. Um, IG is where I usually just kind of announce, you know, stuff that is is uh, new and fresh in my world. And then the 45 sessions, of course, is, you For know, sure. but we haven't been doing really any shows lately. Mm -hmm. um, and all I'm going to say, and I'm going to end with this, is that is about to change very soon because nice. there's some exciting stuff on the horizon with the sessions as well. So cool. DJ Plattern, go ahead and follow him. He got mixes everywhere. He got classic tribe mixes, classic day law stuff um just everything you can find him everywhere he did this crazy icelandic i don't know just icelandic records mix and yeah stuff that that guys like us would like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that stuff's all over the place you could probably find videos of him mixing scratching all that kind of stuff so um again thank you for your time man absolutely I brother it. yes thank you for having me appreciate Peace. it keep up the great work dude